0: We, we have uh, Victor on the line here today, and Victor, you know, I, I try to make sure that I can pronounce people's names, and uh, when I saw your last name, I knew I was going to be in trouble, so I thought I'd have you tell <laughs> say it to everybody on the crowd, because I don't know if you know this, but I'm near Fargo, North Dakota, and us Midwesterners, we always struggle with anybody everybody's last names, so.
1: Yeah, it's Victor Cuevas.
0: Cuevas. So, well, Victor, I really appreciate your time. And Victor has had 30 plus years in the mortgage industry, developing industry, syndication. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like you've had quite the career. And you were telling me before we hit record that uh, it's kind of given you a path to uh, a level of of freedom and a lifestyle that uh, you can now really enjoy. Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah. I started I started in mortgage banking when I was back in—I was 22 years old. Actually, that's when I bought my first house. And always started—I started a mortgage company as a loan officer. And uh, in a matter of a few years, I actually bought a mortgage back—a mortgage company that uh, was from a friend of mine that was already exiting out of the business. He was just a broker. He really wasn't much interested in moving, doing more than just brokering loans. Where I got very. I got very interested in actually becoming a mortgage bank. A mortgage broker brokering, you're a middleman and you really don't have much control of your transactions. And in this industry, you have to have control to compete, to be able to acquire and do a lot more transactions, have a lot more control of of the deals. So soon after I acquired the business, I started with two loan officers and then went up to two hundred and eighty eight loan officers and 36 branches, and we moved that company from a mortgage bro- a mortgage broker to an actual mortgage bank. The difference is we're using our own funds, our own warehouse, warehouse lines to close our transactions. Plus we have a lot more control of the deal from the very beginning. So, you know, like I said, we went from two agents to two, 288 agents plus the personnel, which was pretty good. Uh, we were funding approximately 125 million a month at one point uh, out of those offices, and then in 2007 the financial crisis hit. So then, what I had to do is I had to dismantle everything, start closing offices, and uh, the last two offices I gave them away to my managers. Then I just kept the corporate office, stayed low for a little while, and. What I ended up doing, I started saying, "Well, let me let me get into just buying property and flip property and and do that because I've done that all along. I've uh, properties come my way, and if the numbers work and there's enough 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 meat on the bone, I will go ahead and do a flip. I've done multiple flips from single family four units and then apartment buildings as well. So after the financial crisis, I said, "Okay, let me just." get into uh, acquiring because at that time you know there was certain certain circumstances going on that uh, allowed opportunities and what i mean by this instead of buying a single family and flipping it apartment buildings multi units so since there wasn't much credit being issued at that time it was more about talking to the owners and getting more of agreements of buying property in different ways but because credit was scarce, it opened the opportunity to different ways of structuring deals with them. So I started buying 16 units, 20 units, uh, 34 units, because that was that was what was available right at that time. And it was very easy for me to, more than anything, get really good terms from the sellers. They didn't want to deal with the property, so they just wanted something else. They wanted, they wanted out of the property for one reason or another. I would come in and, and uh, negotiate terms on the property. And that's what I started doing. But then people would always come back to me. Hey, Victor, you're going to go back into mortgage banking because we had a, a very good operation. But as you know, what happened? So the bug hit me again. And I started looking around, uh, started putting the word out as to who was interested in buying and selling their mortgage company. Or mortgage bank i didn't want to start from the beginning more so i, lo- I was looking for a mortgage bank so i acquired another mortgage bank and uh, i went back in, into that business but i didn't structure this particular bank right now that we own by creating branches we more than anything concentrated on the agents themselves and then their partners the real estate partners helping them generate more business through social media and marketing and so on and so forth. It's more cost effective. And we're doing about $150 million a month right now in in fundings with less than 40 agents, where before I, I had 288 agents. So we're doing that. And then about five years ago, five or six years ago, something got my attention and that was crowdfunding where I thought, hey, that's, that's really good to be able to do that. In mortgage banking, the way we do it is we actually do the loan, use our warehouse lines, and then sell the loan to the secondary market. And crowdfunding also gave me an opportunity to fund a loan and bring in investors to fund the loan and service the loans instead of just selling them to secondary market. So I started with that idea, you know, uh, started with the crowdfunding. With that in mind, but then the opportunities of uh, actually of actually buying commercial property with investors, I really like that idea as well. So that's what I started concentrating on. So that's what we've been doing. We've been buying multifamily units and also office buildings along the lines something very interesting happened. The County of Los Angeles eased up the restrictions in certain areas where the metro system runs by. And what they're doing is they're trying to implement where more people can use the metro, the public metro system and not use the freeways because, you know, the environment and so on and so forth. So they ease up on parking restrictions in, in certain corridors of the city where they allow you to buy a property, and build on it and, and have, and it's a lot, a lot more cost-effective, a, a much bigger return than if I was to go buy an existing building. So I can give you an example if you want of what yeah
0: are doing. Yeah. And just before you do, um, I just wanted to point people to your website, uh, And I'm going to make sure to have that link in the show notes, but you can uh, follow along with what Victor is talking about with and, and get some more information there. But yeah, go ahead, Victor. Give us an example of what you're talking about.
1: Well, again, because the city has a, uh, designated certain areas where I'm sorry, where the city is is promoting the use of the pu- public transit system. They've. Uh, they've. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yep. I sure again. So they've designated certain areas. You have to learn, know how to use these certain, find these certain areas so that you can come in and, and, and acquire property there. So once we identify the area that we're looking at or, or 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 has been assigned or designated, we go out and we start talking to homeowners to see if they want to sell their property. If they don't sell the property, then we ask to partner up with them. They put their property as investment. And then we put the money of con- of construction and build where there may be uh, a single family or two units and build eight or 10 units in the property. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. So we went out, we acquired a uh, $700,000 two unit property on 10,000 square feet, foot feet lot. And uh, we are building 20 units in that property. And it's allowed by the city because we're only like maybe a block away from the metro the metro station or metro link station here in L.A. So I mean, that right there, 700,000. We're putting 20 units at approximately a thousand square foot feet of units uh, at a dollar seventy five. You're talking about four and a half million dollars in construction. But once it's all said and done, that property is valued at nine million dollars. Rents are rents for a two bedroom in this area is $2,500 twenty five hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. so based on that the values are up at around nine million dollars for that for that transaction so like that we have many so we give the opportunities to homeowners to from t- to take their property from like i said a small two unit or one unit and we 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 do the rest for them and we partner up and keep that for either we decide at the very beginning if we're going to turn around and sell it or we're going to keep it for rental income
0: yeah, that's that's an interesting concept. I haven't run into anybody that has uh, talked to the homeowners and, and allowed them to essentially invest in the in the project with the equity in that in that property.
1: Right, right. It's it's really exciting because you know like they a lot of homeowners think that that's it. Uh, this is my two units and I can't do much with it. But then when we come along, we show them there's a lot more options that they don't know. They don't know that the city's allowing this. They don't have the information or the resources to actually build. So we come in and partner up. So I like it because, you know, we have partners all over the city that, uh, you know, now they have a property that is worth several million dollars, depending on where they're at. It's quite exciting. You know, when I have a group of people that are constantly contacting homeowners directly and um, I, I'm saying I'm mining for gold, but I'm getting diamonds because for us investors, you know, we don't have to buy the property from the from the owner. We just partner up. We're still getting the same result at the end, mm-hmm. and at the same time, we create you know we create something more for these homeowners that they didn't even, didn't even think of.
0: Right. So, do you feel like when you're talking to these homeowners, this it takes a little education? So they understand understand the concept? Yeah, most
1: definitely, because they, they, they're not aware. They might see a building go up the, down the street and are wondering how did they do that or what's going on. But we we definitely have to educate them as to how it's gonna work. What does it take from their their part? Because sometimes these units are, are rent and so we have to we help them deal with that. But we do definitely have to educate them, which I like doing as well, where we show them from the very beginning. Step by step, what's going to be the end result and how they're going to benefit from it. We also show them as to if we build and we sell, here's a return. If we build, refinance, get all our investment back, including the the homeowners, and just keep for rental income, what is the end result there? And most Mm -hmm. of the time, that's what they go for. They go for the long-term rental income, which makes a lot of sense.
0: Right. You know, I, I'm curious, Victor. You know, you, you mentioned having your down in in 2007, and and talking about bouncing back. I mean, you you now have another mortgage company. You have these projects going on. But before that, you it sounds like you built a, quite a large business. What what did you go through to get your mindset in this in this space to to think that this this is even possible? And I I know this is a pretty vague question, but I think a lot of people kind of go through that. It, it's pretty astounding what you've accomplished here, and I know it's been over 30 year career, but you're talking some very big numbers and some very big projects and some very large companies.
1: Naturally, right after the financial crisis and closing all those offices, it kind of like beats you down because you know for a while there you're like a lightning rod, and you know. And then you're spending $10 to get two back. It, it wasn't making any sense. So once you go through the whole process of closing and, and that beats you up for a little while, I'll be honest with you. I was probably staring at the TV for a, a month, you know, before I realized, hey, what am I doing? You know, let me, let me just get, get to work and do something else. And the first thing I thought of, because I thought I was going to be done with the mortgage industry, was let me flip, flip properties. And, and I thought about flipping single family residents. and believe me, it's harder to flip single family than it is apartment buildings. It's harder to do that than go to apartment buildings because it's easier for me to get financing. It's easier for me to find a really good deal, you know, as opposed to single family residence. But yeah, you do go through a little, a little phase and you just have to pick yourself up and And say, okay, what am I gonna do? Do this again? Let's do this again, or or do I do something else? I mean, I did try something else, which was like a commercial. And like I said, it was very easy for me to go into the commercial, find the properties, because of knowing that there was not enough credit out there being issued for financing, that now I have to negotiate on terms alone. And going in with that mindset and thinking about that, I mean I was able to pick up three three buildings and probably like like the first 45 days that I came back and I kept on doing that. I just kept on buying apartment buildings because that's just what, what what you have to do is you if something changes in the market, you have to pivot. You have to adjust to what's going on. Let's just see what's going on and see where the opportunity is. If everybody's going right, see what's being left on the other side. So that's that's what I had to do. I also, I just don't have a quit, uh, a quit or a stop or a reverse button. I just go forward. It is what it is. This is what happened. Those offices are closed. I'm not going to do that again. Let me do it differently now. So when I decided to go back and I didn't want to go back as a mortgage broker, I went out looking for a mortgage bank and I found one. I found an older gentleman that was going to retire and we made an agreement and I took over the the mortgage bank and eventually I bought it off of him. I didn't want to waste two years, you know, building the the mortgage bank. I wanted something already with a license, something already established with lines of credit, approved lenders so I could just move from there. And I did it different because I didn't want to having 36 branches, you expose yourself to a lot a lot of a lot of problems because you're not there all the time. So I decided I'm going to I'm going to invest more on my agents and help them be successful, help their partners generate more business so we can in turn get the loans back and fund the loans ourselves. Sure. So I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess it's just doing taking action, taking action is, is what it is, It's being persistent, consistent and taking action. And some people just don't take action. And mm-hmm. some people are not persistent, and some people are not consistent. You just have to have those three elements. I believe <laughs> it's just my belief to actually get something done. So, if you really want to do this, this is what you got to do. Just make your mind: what do you like? What do you want to do? And go for it.
0: Right. Oh, that's that's great advice. So it's it's just um, miraculous that it, you know. I I actually feel like I have to work on it. You know to. To be persistent consistent you said you don't even have a reverse it sounds like it almost comes natural to you
1: I've always liked business it's it's what I thrive on I like competing I like competing I mean you know friendly competition I, I like I, I like that I like all that I like uh I like I like the the thrill of the uh, of the challenge and, and and getting it done that's what I've always done
0: sure so I'm curious now you you talk about I find like a lot of people have it. It's a, it's a challenge to have rental properties in California. Some of the numbers in that just don't seem to work for them. You seem to found found a way to get this accomplished. Part of it is is getting those homeowners to if they're not willing to sell, maybe they're willing to invest their and their their property is the stake in that investment. Was what was the aha moment? To make you realize that that was was a possibility or an option?
1: Well, yeah, that's a good question, because, well, like I said, I have I have a couple of people that are constantly contacting homeowners, apartment building owners or single family in that corridor. Uh, you have to know the corridor. You have to know where you're looking, because you can buy property in L.A., but it's not one of the areas that has been assigned by the city or the county as being able to be built. With less less restrictions, so I have this group of people that uh, these young people that are are calling for me, talking to homeowners, offering to, you know, buy their property from them. Or you know, once they say no, we kept my some of my guys would say, hey, well, I get people that say no, they're not interested, they're not interested at all in selling. And I totally understand that we're calling people from the uh, you know from the blues, calling them asking them about selling their their, their property. So then we said, okay, well, why don't you see if they're interested in at least partnering up? Because I know they don't know what's required or what's available to them. And then just throw that at them and see if that even interests them. And to my surprise, you know, it interests a lot of people because they don't know that they can actually do this. Many, maybe they think that they don't have the funds to do this. They don't know where to start. They don't they have no idea. Some of these people are just this is their rental property that they have and they've had it for a while. And it's just sitting there giving them a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars a month rental income. And that's all they know. Oh, like back to your other comment. Yes, definitely. There is some educating because they really have no idea that they can do this. Some have a little bit of an idea because they just saw their neighbor's property be uh, be sold and now there's an apartment building there. And, and also, you know, they're starting to see the values go up in their area. For what reason? They don't understand, but it's just they believe it's the market. So we do tell them this is what's going on. This is what the city is allowing. Mm-hmm. This is how you can benefit from this. This is how it will work. It's, uh, you know, The next question is, how much do I have to put into it? You don't put anything into it. You're putting your value of your property, the market, current market value of your property into this venture. We figure what the city is going to allow us to build. And based on that, what it's going to cost us to build. Together, we form a partnership where your percentage and my percentage is what we agree on. Mm -hmm. Whatever your value is, and whatever I put in as construction costs, that's what we do. That's what we do together.
0: Sure. So, and then, and then you may, did another about face and started looking into this crowdfunding. So that's where Griffin crowd comes into play. So how does, how does this work and and how do people get involved? So Griffin crowd
1: capital, this is a, a bunch of little things coming together, you know, the, the, the crowdfunding with the finance or mortgage part. And then it's a, and then it's, uh, the investment in, in real estate. So when when this crowdfunding thing happened for commercial property or for real estate, commercial real estate, a couple of players came up, like uh, Realty Mogul. There's a couple other ones that came up, but most of these guys were tech people getting into the real estate business because they didn't know, if you look into their history, the people that started Realty Mogul, they didn't know anything about real estate. So they had mm-hmm. to hire people. that had the idea and things like that. We're coming from the actual business of finance and real estate onto Griffin, Griffin Car Capital, you know, a, a crowdfunding platform. And we are offering people to invest as debt investment, where you're investing your money and receiving uh, interest rate for your money. We do that where we only put them on a first trustee position, which is the safest position you could be in a property and rates and returns of. 8 to 12% returns. Again, in a very secure property with no no property over 75, 70% loan-to-value. That's one thing we offer investors. The other thing we offer is equity, up to 75% of the equity of the projects that we're doing. We offer that up to them. So we those are the two platforms that we offer to investors. Either one, it just depends on the client. What do they feel more comfortable with or what do they want? Like for example, the debt investment is a short-term play. It's six months, a year, no more than 24 months and you get your money back but you're getting return monthly return on, on that on that investment. When you go into uh, equity partnership, now you're looking at if we're doing a development you're looking more of 18 months with no return, but you can see the return that's coming up because of the project that we're building. And it's a huge return. When we go into apartment buildings, a return is immediate, but it's not the, it's not the same as when you're doing a debt investment. Mm-hmm. So the investors invest in whatever they feel more comfortable with. They want, and what return they're looking for.
0: Sure. Yeah. Everything no, uh,
1: protected by real estate. Everything protected by real estate. Everything... The fund is a SEC registered fund. It's it's it, it, everything is through escrows. We don't touch any of the money. It goes straight to an escrow fund, and then from there goes to the projects that we're that we are we are doing or we agreed to invest in.
0: Is this opened then just to accredited investors, or can anybody participate?
1: Yeah, right now we're just doing accredited investors. We're not doing the open market. We're just doing accredited investors. Maybe in the future, yes, but right now that's what we're doing.
0: Sure. So just to remind everybody head over to griffincrowdcapital.com if you think this sounds like a good fit. But uh and there's quite a bit of information there. So uh check it out. And uh this this has been a very insightful conversation Victor and and I hope you'll consider coming back again sometime. Um but uh, before I let you go, I, I know you we're kind of here uh, between things here today. Is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today?
1: No, but I would like to say that, you know, for investments, I'm, a lot of uh, there's, there's people out there offering investments in other states, which are, are good. But I'll tell you, you know, you hear, oh, people are leaving California. I don't see where they're leaving. They're maybe they're not, they're not saying how many people are coming into California, but there's definitely a huge, huge opportunity. Of investments here in California, as well as other places. But I'm just saying, there's a huge investment here in California.
0: Well, it it definitely sounds like you found the path forward there again. I mean, we we were talking about how you uh, don't even have a reverse; you just find your find your path forward. And it sounds like you've really figured this out, especially regarding the me- metro uh, areas and and how to take advantage of those local needs.
1: Yes. And my experience in finance is is a big part in this here because, you know, eventually you're going to refinance, you're going to sell, you're going to finance these properties and the exit strategy. And you need to have, you need to know what you're doing at that point and how you can make this, these projects more attractive to the end user. So we have that going on that a lot of people don't have, you know, so that's another big plus that we offer at Griffin Crowd Capital.
0: So, well, I really appreciate your time. I hope you'll consider coming back again sometime. I have a feeling we could, we could just keep going.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely.
0: If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.